Hey, Recreators, this is Nick, and you're listening to the Life Recreated Podcast. It's a show that dives into learning, healing, and growing in mind, body, and spirit. And each week, we tackle the difficult conversations so that we can learn how to fully walk in the freedom as a new creation. So if you're ready to learn, let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, Recreators? We are back live again for another Life Recreated show. want to welcome you back here. I am so glad to be with you here on this wonderful Thursday evening, wherever you may be at right now. Just want to wish you some, some good energy and some good vibes, man. I am so excited about our uh, topic that we're actually going to be diving into tonight. And this is something that I had been thinking about for quite some time now and uh, really just tossing this these thoughts and these ideas were on my mind, especially on what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. And if you're first checking in with us and you're here to the channel and you're checking out this live show on our channel, we're all about learning, healing, and growing after spiritual abuse. And each week we dive into the difficult conversations that we need to have in order for us to learn, heal, and grow after this. And so if you're here for the first time, you're checking us out, man, make sure, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and uh, make sure you check out some of the content that we have. Hopefully, it'll be a help to you as you check out what we got going on here. Like I mentioned, I am super excited about this. Over the last few weeks, I've been thinking a lot about, and I've been talking a lot about, and I've been studying a lot about this issue of trust and the issue of trust that we usually face and that we usually deal with a lot of times after we leave spiritually abusive environments. And uh, I think what we're going to actually talk about this evening has to do, and almost just all the other topics that we dealt with is not only is this something that we can experience in a spiritually abusive environment, but it's really something that we can struggle with and wrestle with in just any abusive atmosphere. And that's this issue of how do I learn how to trust myself again after experiencing or going through this type of situation in our lives? And now I know at first glance, and I know maybe at first, when you first hear that, it may sound strange. What do you mean? How do I trust myself again? And I didn't realize that I needed to really even dive into this until I started sitting down and really just examining my own life, examining my own experience, and then having a lot of conversations with folks that I know that have come out of abusive situations, that have come out of spiritually abusive situations and environments, and just realizing that this is something that, this is a step and this is a a part of that healing process that we're going to have to really face and we're really going to have to tackle when it comes to uh, spiritual abuse. And so that's what I want to dive in tonight is how do I learn how to trust myself? And this is going to be a little bit, I don't want to say off the handle. I do have a couple of thoughts and things that I did jot down, but I think when it comes to this type of situation and when it comes to learning how to trust yourself, I really wanted to just just speak from the heart on what my experience has been. So as you, if you've checked into this channel before and you've watched any of our our recent shows and heard things that I've talked about. Myself, my wife, we came out a of an, a spiritually abusive environment, and coming out of that environment, you don't realize how many different things and how many different 
aspects you have to really deal with as far as part of your healing process is concerned. And so this right here, learning how to trust myself again, was probably, it was close to one of the top things that I really had to struggle with leaving that environment. And in this episode, I really want to just kind of talk about number one, why that happens, especially in a spiritually abusive environment or in just an abusive environment in general. I always make the disclaimer beforehand, I'm not a counselor. I'm just speaking from what I've seen, what I experienced and what I, what my understanding of it is. But I think it's important for us to look at why this is such a challenge. And then taking a step back from that and saying, okay, we realize that this is a challenge. What can we do now moving forward in order to learn how to really learn how to trust ourselves again? So here we go. So one of the first things that, that I, I thought about and I remembered when I left my spiritually abusive environment was the fact that there was oftentimes a lot of scripture. There was oftentimes a lot of content when it came out of the Bible. We talked about that last week where we learned how to trust the Bible again. And this kind of ties into it because a lot of times in these kind of spiritually abusive environments, we'll use the word of God in order to get behaviors to be a certain way, get us to act a certain way, get us to respond a certain way. And when it comes to this issue of learning how to trust ourselves, it's really no different. So one of the scriptures that I heard oftentimes coming out of or in the environment that we were in at that time was Jeremiah 17, verse nine. And it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, here's why this was such a challenge. And this is where I'm going to use as a, a launch pad to this whole discussion, this whole thought of learning how to trust ourselves. So what we got to understand is when I see a scripture like this, and when we see a scripture like Jeremiah 17, verse nine used over and over again, what I think it does and what I think was meant to happen. And a lot of times in those scriptures is meaning that a lot of times we can find ourselves in situations or wanting to do things or wanting to be involved in certain things, wanting to indulge in certain things. And we have this way within our own humanity of kind of justifying doing what we want to do a lot of times. Think about when you're a kid, I have an eight-year-old and I have a five-year-old. And I can tell you, sitting and listening to my two children, they are the masters at justifying why they need a second ice cream cone for dessert. They're the masters at justifying why they need to stay up an extra whatever, an hour to watch this movie. They're the masters at justifying why they need to sleep for an extra five minutes when it's time to wake up and go to school. So this is intertwined really in our humanity is that we can be in a place and we can address life or address a lot of our situations in a way where we justify what we're doing and we try and act. There is, there's a reason for what we're doing. And so I understand what this context and this scripture is saying when it comes to that on how we can justify the things that we want to do and make them seem like they're really right or they're really wrong, whatever the case may be. But what I've seen happening in this spiritually abusive environment a lot of times is that this scripture can oftentimes be used to say, hey, if you were to do something, if you were to find yourself 
find yourself getting involved in things that that you maybe should not have been involved in or finding yourself getting caught up in things you couldn't you shouldn't have been involved with I can see this scripture being used to say, hey, look, see, this is what I mean. When you mess up, when you slip up, when you do something, when you sin, whatever the case may be, the reason oftentimes that you do fall into those traps is because your heart is deceitful, is because your heart is wicked a lot of times and you're a sinner and all these different things. And so over time, what ends up happening is when you hear this consistent message over and over again of how when you struggle with sin, when you struggle with things that that maybe you've dealt with in the past, when you hear this constant message coming across, whether it's leadership or just in the environment in general, when you hear this constant message that, hey, look, the reason you messed up, the reason you did this, the reason you acted like this is because at the core of who you are as a human being, your heart is deceitful. Your heart will deceive you, right? So you hear this message over and over. And one of the things that I really recognize is that over time, when you hear a message like that, and it just, it oftentimes just doesn't come from this kind of scripture, but when you hear this message over and over again, that you cannot trust who you are at the core of being a person, over time, when you hear that consistent message, over and over again. What I learned and what I experienced is that over time, you start to look at yourself and you start to believe and wonder if the decisions that I'm making, the actions that I'm taking, the steps that I might be going through and the process that I might be going through, you start to really question on whether or not those things are really virtuous and those things are really the, the things that you ought to be doing or that you need to be doing. And so here's what I saw happening in that situation. In a spiritually abusive environment, a lot of times what will end up happening is there's two individuals that that end up being created. So you have your real self, right? Who you are before you came to this environment, who you are, what you believed in, what you stood for, what what in your mind was maybe right or wrong, or maybe what in your mind was lines and boundaries that you knew internally that you would not cross. For every single one of us, those things are created and those things are built over time completely different, right? Who you are as a person before you came and before you go into a spiritually abusive environment is basically created and developed long before you even walk into that type of atmosphere. So that's you. That's the real person. That's who you are. That's who I was. I was Nick. I was this person and I looked at myself in a certain way. I knew that I had different moral standards that I stood by, different things when it came to integrity, different things when it came to what I believe in, different things that came to what I was willing to be stand up for and all these different things. And so you walk into this spiritually abusive environment and you are that real person, right? That's you. This is Nick. This is who I am. And over time, when you hear the consistent message of your heart being deceitful, when you hear the consistent message of of the fact that we're sinners, the fact that we need to repent, when you hear, I know in our personal environment, there was every single service, there's an altar call, and it's an opportunity for you to go up and 
kneel before God and say, hey, look, I'm a sinner. And I don't. That's great. I think it's good for us to be real with God and to say, hey, look, there's things that I'm missing. There's things that I need help with in my life. I completely agree with that 100% because God can help us walk through a lot of those different things. But what I learned was that over time, as I began to hear this message of an individual telling me who I am as a person, it split me into two different individuals. The real Nick, the real person that I started out with, the things that I believed in, the things that that I held dear to me, the things that 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 meant something to me. And over time, this second individual becomes created. And that's usually the person that's created by this environment, right? It's the person that's created in this environment that believes a certain way, that speaks a certain way, that acts a certain way, that 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 handles life or kind of processes life and goes through life in a different way. Now, when I say that there's two individuals, I don't mean literally, okay, we got split personalities going on here. But what I mean is that internally, I knew who I was as a real person. I knew what I believed in. But now I have this conflict because this person, this group, this environment, who I'm considering a spiritual authority, who I'm looking to help guide me and help me navigate through life spiritually is now telling me that real person of who I am and who I was is really deceitful. That real person of who I am and the things that I believe in, the things that I stand for, that person is really deceitful. And over time, I begin to start singing to myself internally, maybe not saying it out loud, maybe not even a conscious really, it may not have even been a conscious situation going on in my mind internally but over time i begin to those two people begin to separate right the real nick and the nick that this group or this environment wanted me to be and how they wanted me to act so here's the problem now i know who i am know at the core of who i am but i also know who this person is that they've created and over time, when I hear this consistent message, and this is a lot of times, this is really prevalent in a spiritually abusive environment. When I hear this consistent message that my real person, the core person, the person I believe in, the person that God created me to be and God intended me to be, when I hear over time that core person of who I am is deceitful, is wicked, is a sinner. This new person that this group has created now looks at this, the real me, and there's this conflict, this internal conflict that happens over time that says, okay, if I make a decision, if I say something, if I believe something, if I try, if something comes out of me as a person, even though I may not really completely 100% believe that at the core of who I am, but this is what the environment is telling me I need to believe and how I need to act and how I need to behave, that new identity that this group and this environment has created will begin to start to distrust and be at odds with the core of who I really am as a person. So here's the problem. When this starts happening over time, when all of this starts unfolding over time, when I was in my spiritually abusive environment, the person that was making the decisions, the person that was guiding, the person that was leading, the person that was directing my life, is, if you will, 
is the individual that this group had created within me internally by the message that I was hearing consistently over time. Now, does that mean that what the Bible is saying is wrong? No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. But what it can mean is that in these type of environments, we can take the context of what the word of God is saying and reiterating this over and over and over and over again in the minds of people that are in this environment. And we get to this point where the person that this environment or this group has created internally begins to distrust the core belief and the core person of who we are over time. Now, I know that sounds completely It sounds like something intangible. It sounds like something that doesn't make sense. It sounds like oftentimes something that's hard for us to wrestle with and grapple with. But when you take a step back and you really think about and you really look at, okay, what do I believe as an individual? A lot of times what we believe as an individual is dictated and it's usually a lot of times fueled by our environment and the people that we're around, the message that we're consistently hearing. And in the situation that I was in, was that in this spiritually abusive environment, I became somebody completely different that was completely at odds with who I was at the core of Nick and what I believe in and and what I really stood for. And they're consistently at odds. We would hear scriptures like, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I get it. I understand. We need to think differently, especially if we're trying to walk a certain path or or trying to trying to to fulfill this connection with God, things in our mindset has to change. I understand that. But the problem that it caused for me is that when I decided to leave, when I decided to walk away, guess who I'm now stuck with? I'm stuck with the real Nick, the core person of who I am. And now I'm stuck with this person that this group has created within me internally. And so it got me to a point where when I walked away and I began to get into an atmosphere, get into this arena where I had to begin to make decisions on my own, when I had to begin to start thinking about what I really believed and what I really you know, wanted to stand for and what I really thought was, hey, this is what the word of God is interpreting. This is what the heart of God may have been. It got me to a point that when I walked away, that internal conflict was still there, right? This going back and forth within me was still there. Now, the problem that that causes for a lot of us when we walk out of a spiritually abusive situation is, think about this, right? If it's like this way, I think about it. If I have two parents, my mom, my dad, I love them both. I trust them both. I, I know that they or I believe in my mind, or I believe in my heart that they have the best for me. But maybe my dad tells me one thing and says, hey, Nick, how life is supposed to be is A. My mom comes to me and says, how life is supposed to be is B, right? I want to please both of these individuals. I want to be pleasing to both of my parents, obviously, because that's what built and sometimes wired to do. I want to be pleasing to both of them. But if you really think about it, it's impossible for us to really please two people sometimes at the same time, if they're giving me completely different inputs. And so 
the dilemma that we walk away with is that once we walk away from this spiritually abusive environment, the person that this spiritually abusive environment created is still there internally wrestling with us. So what does that cause and what's the problem that we face is that when these two individuals are at odds, now the fact that I'm not in this environment and I'm not telling this environment's not telling me how I need to think, how I need to act, how I need to believe, I'm left with the real me. I'm left with the real core person of who I am. And now when the real core person of who I am says, Nick, okay, I, I believe this is what we need to this is what we need to pursue. This is what we need to believe. Or the real core person of who I am as an individual has to make a decision or has to decide where he's going to stand or what he's going to believe in. Because I've been listening to the person that this environment has created, this spiritually abusive environment has created for so long, I do not trust the real core person of who I am if that makes sense. I hope it makes sense. I know it makes sense in my mind, but over time, what I recognized was when I walked away from my spirit, especially in the first, the first year of walking away from this environment that me and my wife and others that I know were a part of the first year was so challenging because decisions that needed to be made, how I wanted to respond, how I wanted to act was so confusing because I would feel what the core the real person of who I am is would want to do in the decision that I would want to make, but I'd be conflicted by this identity that this environment had created. And so now I'm completely at odds and I'm completely confused. And if you think about it, when you look at confusion, a lot of times when you're in an environment of confusion, trust goes completely out the window. Right. And that's the same thing that ended up happening to me. I would find myself in situations. I'd find myself in environments. I'd find myself needing to make decisions and I'd find myself not I'd find myself not knowing if I could trust myself to make the right decision. I would find myself not knowing if I could trust what I was feeling in my gut or maybe what God may have been speaking to me on or what God may have been dealing um, with me on in certain different environments. And so for a long time, and even still now, I struggle and I wrestle with, okay, I know that there's things that, that I want to pursue. There's things that I want to do, but is this really the right thing for me to do? Because you, you've leaned and you've depended so much on the identity and you've leaned and depended so much on the input and the information that this environment has given you that you get to a point where you don't know if you can trust yourself as an individual. And this is kind of like the fork in the road. It's the dilemma that we face. And this is the issue that we face with trust, right? This is the issue that we face a lot of times when it comes to walking out of a spiritually abusive environment is who can I really trust? Can I trust this person? Can I trust that person? Can I trust the word of God? Can I trust God? Can I trust myself? And this is where I found myself at. And so in this episode, I really want to just kind of dive in to just a couple of things that really just helped me to really learn how to distrust myself again. And what I mean by that is really just to learn how to say, you know what? Okay. I know that there's things, there's decisions that I need to make. There's environments that I need to be in. There's 
places that God is going to take me. And I have to be willing to know that, you know what, wherever I'm at in that situation, I got to trust myself and trust that God's going to guide me in the right direction. But I need to learn how to trust myself from the core value of who I am, the core value of who I am. Because you got to remember, when you're in these spiritually abusive environments, right, the, the, the motive a lot of times behind these environments is not necessarily to get you to do something that's going to get you closer to God. It may come out on the out front or on the outset that, hey, this is what we want. This is what we desire. But when you take a step back and you look at the actions, you look at the information, you look at the message that is given to us, the message says, hey, don't trust yourself. Trust what the environment, trust what your leader is telling you, right? Because that's the right way. That's the way you need to do it because this person, this individual is the authority. But at the end of the day, this is what I believe. At the end of the day, when all of this passes and we're taking our final breath, it's just going to be us and God, right? It's not going to be what all these folks said. God is going to be the one that says, hey, this is me and you. This is where we have to hash out the decisions that you made, the things that you decided to take a stand for, the things that you decided to pursue. This is where we're going to hash it out. And in order for us to be at peace with that, we need to figure out a way to learn how to trust ourselves again, especially after spiritual abuse. So I want to talk about a couple of things that really helped me out. Number one, consistent questions were the key for me. And what I mean by that is I got to a point where I started questioning everything. I'm going to just question everything. If something comes my way, if something gets presented to me, if something, if someone comes to me and says, hey, Nick, this is the way that you need to do it. This is the way that you need to handle it. This is the way that you should respond. My first thing is, okay, why should I do that? Why should I do that? In a spiritually abusive environment, it's okay for you to ask why in the beginning. But over time, it's, come on, man, we done said this over and over again. You should, you don't need to be asking these questions anymore. You don't need to be learning anymore. You don't need to be digging anymore. And then that's when we become robots. A whole bunch of us are robots and we're just going through the motions, doing what everybody tells us to do. And so I got to the point where I started to have to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a whole bunch of questions on this. If something comes my way, if somebody says that I need to do something, if somebody says I need to act a certain way, somebody says I need to be a certain way, I need to figure out why. I need to figure out and I need to dig into the reasoning behind this decision, this process, this environment, whatever it could be. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask questions on everything. I'm going to ask questions on, okay, why did you tell me in the word of God that we were supposed to do this a certain way? But now I'm looking at life. I'm looking at what we're experiencing and I'm seeing that this might be different than what you were telling me. Why is that? Why is that? And so I believe that if you're walking out of a spiritually abusive environment, you need to get into the habit of learning how to ask questions. Because many times, and I might do a show on this, but many times when you're in those environments, right, they set these environments up where you stop asking those questions. You stop asking, you start, you stop being curious. You stop being, being inquisitive about why we're doing things a certain way. What's the purpose of us doing this? Why are we reading this? Why are we studying this? What does this mean to me? How does my, how does, how does, how do I as Nick feel about this information you're telling me? How do I as Nick feel about the emotions that I feel around this 
or my thoughts around this. And looking at it from not a point of whether it's wrong or right, but looking at it from a point of understanding and a point of understanding. And this is what ended up happening to me is that over time, when I started asking a lot of these questions, my real self, who I am, the decisions that I make, the things that I want to pursue, when I started asking a lot of these questions and started really getting inquisitive and really starting to get curious about what I believe and why I believe those things, over time, when I started to do that, it started to rebuild this trust within myself. Because here's what would happen. I'd be faced with a circumstance, a situation where somebody may say, hey, I think you need to do this way. And then I would say, okay, I get it that you need to do it this way, but why do I need to do it that way? And if they couldn't give me an answer, right, then it's okay. Well, you can't give me an answer. Now I got to go seek this answer out somewhere else because I'm not just going to, because here's like the issue is when you're in spiritually abusive environments, you get to a point, like I said before, where you have your real core self, you have your identity that this spiritually abusive environment has created. That identity from the spiritually abusive environment is taught and trained not to question anything. You're not questioning anything. Questions don't get asked in those a lot of those environments, right? Because number one, we're probably afraid to ask those questions. Number two, we don't even know that we're allowed to ask those questions. And so then guess what? When your identity that is created from the spiritually abusive environment kicks into effect, all those things can go out the window. But as you walk away from it and you start to learn, hey, look, I am allowed to ask these questions. I'm allowed to look at the word of God and say, OK, God, why did you tell me that? Why did you say that this is the way that I need to do this? Why are you saying that this is the way that I need to pursue this? If I'm moving into a different direction, I'm under underneath a, a different spiritual leader or whatever the case may be. OK, why are you telling me that I need to do this and I need to live my life? this way, right? Because, and this is the re the main reason, because at the end of the day, whoever is giving me this input, whoever is trying to say that this is the way that I need to live my life is not going to be there on that last breath. This is between me and God. So I got to figure this out and I got to learn how to trust myself again. So those consistent questions are so key. Those consistent questions are so key. This weekend, me and my wife, shout out to Roberta Lee. She's been on the the show before I got the opportunity to interview her, get her perspective on a lot of these different things. This weekend, we had a tremendous opportunity. We went down to Nashville. They, she's part of this organization's group called the Black Opry, and it's, they pursue country music and everything like that. But in that environment, I asked so many questions. I was asking questions constantly. Okay, why? What's this? What's that? Because to me, I had to learn, okay, in order for me to learn how to trust my instinct, in order for me to learn how to trust myself, right? The core of who I am. Whenever I get into an environment that I'm not familiar with, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask questions up the wazoo. I'm going to ask questions until people sometimes may get, they may get tired of me asking these questions, but I want to know. I need to know because I need to now learn how to make the decisions on my own. Because when we enter these spiritually abusive environments, the key and one of the main things that they really would love you to get to the point of is to not to trust yourself and trust a leader, to not to trust yourself, trust an environment, right? And at the end of the day, what ends up happening? 
when we walk away from those environments, we're left in a space where we don't really know who to trust. And worst off, we don't even know if we can trust ourselves. So asking those consistent questions are going to be key in order to rebuild that trust. Second thing I want to leave you with, and the last thing I want to wrap it up with, is that we have to find somebody that we can use and that we can, I don't want to use the term use, but somebody that we can trust that can be our sounding board. And what I mean by this is whenever we face decisions, whenever we face having to develop these new belief systems and having to develop and having to really just rebuild that trust within ourselves, we have to find somebody close enough to us that we know is going to give us the honest answer on the questions that we're seeking. For me personally, that was my wife. That was Roberta. It was okay. I'm feeling a certain way about something. I'm thinking about something. I'm about to make a decision about something. She became my sounding board. I would go to her and I say, hey, babe, I'm thinking about this or I'm struggling with this or I'm wrestling with this. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? And what it did for me was this. Number one, I knew in my in the back of my mind that her motives weren't her motives weren't malicious against me. Her motives weren't weren't to control me or weren't to manipulate me. So I knew that if I asked for her input or I knew that if I asked for her advice on something, she would give me an honest advice, not because she wanted to direct my decisions in a certain way, but just because she wanted to just take a step back and let's look at this on a level playing field and really see you know, what we're really trying to discover here, what we're trying to really learn here. And so it's so key for us that when we walk out of these spiritually abusive environments, and I know it's hard, it's challenging. It's very challenging for us to find someone, especially after you experience something like this, it's challenging to find someone that you can go to and trust sometimes. Because you walk out of those environments and you're like, oh, I don't know who I can, I don't know who I can trust. I don't know who I can turn to. But one of the keys for me in learning how to trust myself was finding somebody that I could have as a sounding board and that could give me some good feedback. That could really give me some good feedback. That could really give me some unbiased feedback and say, hey, okay, Nick, you're looking at this decision this way, but have you thought about this? Have you considered this? Have you? And then internally, I begin to start saying, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that question. I didn't think about that angle. I didn't think about that perspective. And then I can internalize that and then learn how to make the decision for myself. And so finding someone that you can trust is going to be crucial in learning how to trust yourself again, because you have the opportunity then to have that person in your life, have that individual in your life to be able to help you to learn how to navigate through that and make those decisions. So for me, those were the two things that I really focused in on. I really had to like just nail, like just re not really nail, but just really just grind down on in order to learn how to trust myself again. And I think that when I look at the fact that we've been out of this environment for going on five years now, and I still wrestle with, man, am I making the right choice? Did I make the right choice? When we left initially, I was like, God, is this the right thing for me to be doing? Should I walk away from this? Should I? And everybody, I think a lot of times people that are in abuse, I'm going to say everybody, but a lot of times when people are in an abusive relationship or an abusive situation, there's these things that run through your mind. Like, 
okay, if I walk away from this, is this the right thing to do? Is this the thing that's going to be best for me? Is this the thing that's going to benefit me the most? And so many times we can find ourselves in that. And a lot of times we don't recognize the fact that we really get into a space and a place where it becomes hard for us to learn how to really trust ourselves moving forward in those situations. And so that's my encouragement to you is let's learn how to like learn how to trust ourselves again, especially if you're facing dealing with spiritual abuse or you're walking out of that environment. One of the things that you'll probably wrestle with and one of the things that you're going to face and struggle with and just contend with is this issue of learning how to really trust yourself again, learning how to know that you know what, I can make the right decisions. And guess what? Even if I make a decision, it's the wrong decision. It becomes a lesson, right? It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to hell for everything that every decision that I make, which is sometimes what you may hear in this type of environment. But I'm going to learn how to trust myself, right? Because when you look at what Christ said, when you look at what Jesus said, look, when I'm when I leave you, he said, I'm leaving you and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit so he can indwell in you. And guess what that Holy Spirit does? That's that core that that connects to the core person of who you are. And God says, look, I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll lead you into all truth if you just learn how to trust that. And that comes from something inside. And so I want to encourage you with that tonight. Learning how to trust ourselves is it's a step. It's a. It's a part of the process that we're going to have to face and we're going to have to deal with in our healing. It's a process that we're going to have to deal with in our healing. And one of the things I think that becomes a problem whenever we're leaving this type of environment is the issue of this anxiety that is created around making decisions within our life. What do I mean by that? Usually a lot of times if you peel back the curtain, look at some of the layers of what you experience in spiritual abuse. A lot of times these systems are set up, they're manufactured in a way where they you're put in a place where you have to rely on situations, you have to rely on things outside of your own self in order to make certain decisions in your life. So what do I mean by that? I mean that Using my own example, for instance, a lot of times from what we experienced was whenever we had to make big decisions, whenever we had to make choices within our lives, a lot of that revolved around us having to either fast about it, either pray about it, either go and talk to a pastor or an authority about it. My own personal experience, I was a pastor. And so I remember a lot of people come in and talking to me and wanting guidance. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with looking for wisdom and seeking wisdom outside of your own self, because that's the way that God designed this and built this to when we're put in these environments, in these church environments, we should be able to be able to rely on each other, be able to lean on each other to make those decisions. But what I've experienced and what I've seen, and as I'm researching this and I've in my own personal experience is that a lot of times there's a lot of anxiety that is generated around decisions within our lives. We live in a military town and to give you an example in a military town, we know that we have people that are coming in and out of the military. 
they're transferring, they're going to different duty stations, they're doing all these different things. And I just remember, even in my own personal experience, the amount of anxiety that is generated around having to pick orders and where you're going to go next. And you don't want to leave here. You don't want to leave the church. And we're going to pray that you stay here in the church and you stay here in this area and all these different things. And when you kind of peel back all of that, and when you kind of look and examine all of those different scenarios, one of the things that you see is that the root cause of all of this is that there's an anxiety that is generated around us as individuals learning how to make our own decisions on our own. When you think about a decision, what you're thinking about is looking at all the facts, looking at what the situation is, looking at what the scenario is. I'm not saying we don't pray. The Bible tells us that we need to ask for wisdom. Any of us that lack wisdom, we need to ask for wisdom. But in these type of environments, there's this underlying anxiety that that kind of almost makes you feel like you are not capable or you are not mentally able to make decisions on your own. Now, I can probably guarantee that probably a lot of leaders won't say that outright. They won't say, hey, we're creating this type of environment that makes you have to rely on me for the answers or makes you have to rely on what the group says for the answers. But at the end of the day, this is what ends up happening. And one of the things that I think that is such a difficulty in us understanding when it comes to spiritual abuse is this psychological, the mental aspect of what happens to individuals that find themselves in these type of environments and this dilemma this wrestle that they have with just making simple decisions. Now, the problem that happens with that a lot of times is that once you leave that environment or once you even build up the courage, I had someone on this, the last episode I did on learning how to trust yourself that wrote a comment and said, you know what? I found myself in a spiritually abusive system. I see it. I understand what's happening. I'm looking at how they're using the word of God out of context. I'm looking at how all these different things are being manipulated. But this person was saying that, you know, I don't, I'm so scared to walk away because I don't know if I'm, if I'm able to trust myself to make the right decision. And if you really think about it and look at it, that's exactly what these environments want. They want you to be in a position where you have so much anxiety, so much so much turmoil around simple, basic decisions that you have to rely on them. So guess what ends up happening? A lot of times we stay in these systems for a very long time. Me, myself, I was in our church and that spiritually abusive system that we were a part of for many years, all 10 plus years. My wife, 16 plus years. People I've talked to, 20 plus years. Why does this happen? Because we see things that are happening that are not congruent with what the word of God is saying. But because the way that these environments are generated, it's so hard for us to really be able to trust if we're making the right decision to move away and walk away. So first off, this anxiety is created around it. And so what we're trying to do, especially in these episodes that I'm talking about trust, is we have to learn how to deconstruct those things and really see where these things are coming from. And more importantly, we have to take the next step to say, okay, I can overcome that anxiety. I can overcome this fear of making my own decisions and being an individual, being an adult, being someone that knows how to make logical, wise decisions on my own and take the next step and learning on how to rebuild that trust within myself. And so I want to continue tonight looking at a couple of different things that really just helped me 
to learn how to trust myself again. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. How do we learn how to trust ourselves again? Part two. Here we go. Number one, we got to remember and we got to understand that as we move past this spiritually abusive system in this environment, that we are going to make mistakes. Listen, mistakes are universal to every single one of us. I don't care who you are, black, white, Chinese, Asian, it doesn't matter who you are. We're all going to make mistakes. The issue that a lot of us face is that in these type of environments, our mistakes are highlighted so much. They're made into these big, grandiose things. and these uh, these things that seem insurmountable they seem they seem almost bigger than what we can handle and the issue that we face when we walk away from it is that we're going to make these mistakes and guess what guess where these mistakes may come from they may come from the decisions that we make and where do those decisions come from decisions that that we make that after spiritual abuse come from us learning how to trust ourselves and say you know what i'm okay with making that mistake I'm okay with making that decision. I'm okay with moving in a certain direction because it's okay for me to make that mistake. It's okay for me to maybe wrestle with something or wrestle with the decision that I have to make. And one of the things that I had to learn leaving our environment and leaving that environment was that I had to learn how to make peace with my mistakes. I think one of the things that I'm about to be 40 this year, and one of the things that I really have been focusing on is the fact that I know I've made many mistakes in the 40 years that I've been here on this earth, and I have to learn how to start to make peace with those things. See, in a spiritually abusive environment, what ends up happening is those mistakes are blown up, they're magnified, and so we end up with what? These, this guilt, this shame, these different fears, and when those, when we feel those that that guilty feeling when we feel that shameful feeling it's going to cause us to want to hesitate to make decisions again it's going to want us to hesitate to say man i don't know if i can really trust myself in this decision that i'm making and when you move and you're moving past that spiritually abusive environment one of the things you got to realize is that you're going to make those mistakes and that is okay listen we are all we're all every single one of us walking on the face of this earth every single day we're going to make these mistakes we're going to make these trip ups, we're going to have these setbacks, we're going to have these things that happen that kind of throw us off of what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do. And one of the key things that I had to remember as I left our environment and that environment was that, let's say, let's just talk about even just leaving that environment in general. Let's say I, I left that environment, there's a lot of anxiety. Am I making the right decision? Can I trust myself? Hey, look, at the end of the day, it's still, a, it's going to be okay. Because if you're watching this, if I'm speaking this, any mistake that we've made hasn't been life-threatening because we're still here to even have this conversation together. We're still here to have these thoughts and these things. So we had to learn that these mistakes that we may make as we move forward and we move out of this environment is okay. God knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly the position that we're in. He knows exactly what we face. He knows exactly what's happened to us, but it's okay. I always think about the woman at the well. When Jesus met the woman at the well, he's asking all these questions. He's asking her about her intimate relationships, all these different things. And she's embarrassed. She says, hey, look, I, I realize that I've done all these different things. But for Jesus, he was just saying, hey, look, it's OK, man. You're going to make these mistakes. We're going to make those mistakes. You're going to make decisions. You're going to have to learn how to trust yourself again and make those decisions in order for you to move on. So the first thing that I want us to keep in mind is this, that those mistakes are OK. And then we have to learn how to make peace 
with those mistakes. And that kind of leads me to my second thing that I really had to work on was this, is that I had to remind myself of what I was doing, what I was doing right. In the spiritually abusive environment that we came out of, one of the things that I always think that was constantly highlighted is what we were doing wrong. Sin. Like not being on time, not being where you're supposed to be at, not outreaching where you're supposed to. It was always this constant highlight of the things that we were doing wrong. But as we move out of the spiritually abusive system, we got to start thinking about and looking at what are the things that we're doing? What are the things that what are the things that we're winning on? What are the things that we're actually making progress on? Because if I can sit down and start learning how to look at the things that I'm doing right, guess what ha- ends up happening? It starts building up my confidence. It starts building up my confidence in my decisions. It starts building up my confidence in the fact that just because I'm not in this spiritually abusive environment, number one, I'm still saved. Number one, I'm, number two, I'm still in my right mind. And number three, God has given me the capacity. He's given me the ability to make these correct decisions as an adult, as a human being. And so when I started to remind myself of the things that I was doing, it helped me to remember, hey, you know what? Wait a second. I know I may not make all the right decisions. I may not have this all perfect. I probably won't ever get this perfect. But what I do know and what I do recognize is that as I begin to, excuse me, highlight the things I was doing, I began to start building up my confidence. I began to start writing in my journal and keeping track of these wins that I would have in my life and these things that I can celebrate in my life as far as decisions are concerned. And what that began to start doing for my brain and for my heart was to say, you know what? Guess what? I am okay to make those decisions on my own. I am okay to learn how to trust myself because when I start to learn how to trust myself, I can be confident in the fact that God has given me the ability to make those right decisions to move in the right direction. So I had to remind myself of what I'm doing. And I'm going to say this again. In these type of environments, a lot of times the highlight, the main thing that's pointed out are the things that you're doing wrong. I remember when I first first became a pastor, someone came up to me to preach some sermons and getting excited and everything like that. And someone came to me and said, hey, pastor, I don't think you're preaching about sin enough. And I said, "Okay, What's the like, why should I need to? We all know what we're doing when it's wrong. We can feel that feeling, right? We can feel that that tension in us that the Holy Spirit kind of brings about of the things that we're doing wrong. So why is it necessary for me to continue to highlight the things that people are doing wrong? Why is it necessary for me to highlight the sin? Why is it why can't it be necessary for me to begin to highlight how people can live in victory, how people can look at their wins and look at their decisions that they're making on their own and really celebrating those wins and celebrating those right choices. And so as you're moving out of this spiritually abusive system, as you're moving out of this environment, or maybe you're still in that environment, I want you to start looking at what is it that I'm doing? Not in a prideful way, right? We're not trying to be prideful. We're not trying to be all boasty and high and stuff like that. But we're looking at it from a point of view where we say, you know what? I understand that the decisions that I'm making, they're moving me on the right path because, you know what? These, I have the capacity and I have the ability to make those right choices.
So number three, we got to learn how to forgive ourselves. Now, I did a whole series on forgiveness, right? Forgiving the people that hurt us, forgiving people maybe that are in that, that, that environment or that organization that we came out of. I had to learn how to really learn how to forgive myself. One of the big things that I really struggled with and I wrestled with, especially in that first few months and years after leaving our that spiritually abusive environment was, man, God, how did I let myself stay there that long? Beating myself up, beating myself down and saying to myself, God, how could I not be smart enough to move on? And how could I not be smart enough to see the red flags and to see the signs? All these thoughts come to our head. Maybe you're in this environment right now. You've been there for a really long time and you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't know if I were to leave. Look at all that I would have lost. Look at all the time that I would have spent. Look at all the money that I would have probably given. Look at all the talents that I would have probably given to this environment and to this organization. And one of the things that we can really deal with once we walk out of this spiritually abusive environment is this issue of just self-guilt really just self just downing ourselves really just being down on ourselves for being in that type of environment but i want to encourage you look it don't matter who you are right it doesn't matter walk what walk of life you, you fall from or where you come from any one of us can really get um wrapped up and sucked up into a lot of these environments i had uh, i had the opportunity to sit down with someone maybe a couple months ago and me and her were talking and she was actually a family member of someone that I knew personally that was part of the environment that we kind of came out of. And she said something to me. She was like, man, you know what? All this time, man, I really just wanted to hate you. I really just wanted to not like you. But when I sat down with you, I recognized, you know what? If my family member could have gotten involved in this and I know who they are and I'm talking to you and I know that this is your, we can have a conversation and we can respect each other and we can respect each other's boundaries she began to realize that, you know what, anybody can get involved in that. And so our encouragement tonight is that it doesn't matter where you're at. You can get involved in these different type of things. And this is why this channel is so important so that we have that awareness. We have the ability to spot these things before we get too deep down the road. And so I got off track, but going back to what I was going to say, we got to learn how to forgive ourselves, man. Not even just in spiritual abuse, but just in life in general. A lot of us, we carry around a lot of guilt. We carry a lot of weight, a lot of fear. A lot of us, man, that stuff starts to translate within our body and body pains and aches and headaches, all these different things. And really at the root of it is really learning and really working on the steps that we need to take to learn how to forgive ourselves. So I'm going to jump into the last two. We're about halfway through. But if you're getting some value out of this content, if what I'm saying is making sense, do me a favor, man, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and then drop a comment down below. I'm loving some of the feedback that we're getting from some of these shows. And my hope and my goal is, like I said, is to help people to learn, to help people to learn how to heal from this and really to learn how to move forward in healing and move forward in freedom. So do me that favor, hit that like button, subscribe for me. That definitely helps us out in making sure that we get all of this stuff out to folks that need to help it. Let's continue to carry on. How do I learn how to trust myself? The last thing I talked about was learning how to forgive myself. Then next is really learning and working on how to trust others, right? Learning how to trust others. I did a whole video. I did a whole series on learning how to trust others after you've been hurt 
after spiritual abuse. But my thing right here is this is so key because you know what? The more that I can learn how to extend that grace and extend that trust to others, the more God helps me to learn how to trust myself. Because here's what happens. When I learn how to trust other folks, guess what? My expectations go down a little bit. I learn how to love with an open palm rather than a closed fist. That's something that I've been working on. But as I begin to start working on learning how to trust those that are around me, especially now in being in a new environment, being in a different space, what I found that it would was starting to help me do was to learn how to recognize that, you know, everyone around me is trying just as hard as I am really to walk this life thing out. We're all trying to work and learn how to walk all of these different things out. And as I started learning how to trust other people, it made me start to learn and recognize that if I can trust them, then why can't I trust myself? If I can learn how to put my life or put certain things or put certain areas of my life in the hands of somebody else, then why can't I learn how to put that same trust in myself? Because it it really, it's hard for us a lot of times to learn how to trust other people without first or without seeing the the reciprocal effect of really kind of learning how to trust ourselves as time goes on. And this takes time. Look, I'm not saying that there's some folks leave spiritually abusive environments, man, they never learn how to trust anybody else. And that's fair. I don't say that that's something that's wrong or something that's right. I think everybody's perspective is going to be completely different when it comes to this. But when I started learning how to trust other people, when I started learning how to like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of let the door of my heart open a little bit. I'm going to start learning how to make these steps to trust other folks. I'm going to start learning how to really just, just open up my heart, open up my mind to learn how to trust people. What it really started doing for me is really started making me think, well, hey, look, if I can trust this person with this area of my life, then why can't I trust myself to make that same decision? See, that's kind of like the backwards, like oxy. Not only, I don't want to use oxymoron, but that's kind of the backwards situation that happens in spiritual abuse, right? Is that a lot of times we get in these environments where we put so much trust and so much, so much weight on the opinions and the, and the, what's the word I'm looking for? We've put so much weight on the opinions and the ability of other people and being willing to trust them all the while they're sending us a message that we can't trust ourselves. But once we move past a spiritually abusive environment, we get in a mode where we say, you know what, I have to get to a point where I learn how to start trusting other people. And somehow the, uh, the response to that is that as I learn how to trust others, I can start learning how to trust myself. Because here's how it happens. When I learn how to start to trust somebody else, it confirms to me that I know how to make the right decision. I know how to learn how to trust somebody else. And so that builds my confidence. It begins to build my faith in making the right decisions on my own, right? Making the right decisions and moving in the right direction on my own. And so working on how to trust others is huge. And let me tell you this, I'm going to be right up front with you. I, I hey. That might be a process. That might be something that might take some time. It might be something that 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 takes longer than we really expected. Um, it may be something that takes longer 
than we anticipated. But at some point, when you leave a spiritually abusive environment, you're going to have to learn how to trust other people. And the byproduct of that is as you learn how to trust others incrementally, it can help you build your trust and your own trust and your own faith in yourself and making the right decisions. And so learning how to trust others is huge. And then the last one is reflection. Now, this one's hard. This one can be challenging. It can be difficult because there's a lot of times when we look back on things in our lives, especially when you leave spiritually, spiritually abusive environments where a lot of those memories, a lot of those things that we reflect on are kind of difficult for us to really dig in. They're difficult for us to really unpack and really uncover. But I think the key there is that as we begin to learn how to reflect, one of the things that I hold dear to me is my journal. My journal is always with me. I'm always writing in my journal. I'm always looking at stuff. I'm always thinking about stuff and going back and forth and hearing things and, uh, and thinking about how I handle certain situations and how I dealt with certain situations. And for me, what that reflection helped me to do was it helped me to basically keep a record of how the decisions that I was making moving forward after spiritual abuse and after experiencing that in that environment, it helped me to look back on the decisions that I began to make and see how they ended up playing out. I might be able to go into my journal a year ago and see something that I was dealing with and see something that I was struggling with and see how I was able to handle it, see how I was able to navigate through that time and through that area and through that situation in my life and then see how it played out. And then what does that end up doing? It, it helps me to remember, oh, wait a second, hold on. I can make right decisions. I can make these decisions. I can't trust myself because when I record it, when I reflect on it, I see that the decision I made ended up playing out in a way that, that helped build me up. It, the decision that I made helped me to heal or to to grow in some area of my life. And so when I write it down and when I reflect on those different things, it can be so beneficial in, in, in helping us to really just unpack a lot of those issues and really learn how to start trusting ourselves. When I started journaling, I was just like, dude, what you somebody recommended it to me and somebody was like, look, I think you should start journaling and start writing down some of these thoughts, start reflecting on these thoughts. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Cause we didn't, for me, I don't know, this is me personally. We didn't grow up thinking like that. We didn't think, I didn't know anybody that was willing to say, Hey, I write in a journal or I write down these thoughts. I didn't know anybody that uh, personally that was doing that on a regular basis. And this whole idea of reflection was something that was foreign to me. It was something that was a little bit distant for me to understand. But what I started learning was that as I began, especially after moving out of this spiritually abusive environment, when I started writing these things down, when I started documenting like, okay, how did this situation play out? Even moving forward, how did this situation play out? These were the decisions that I had to make. These were the circumstances that I was faced with. And this is the way that I handled them. These were the results from those situations. And when I see the results as being something that ends up benefiting me, or even if, like I said before, even if I did make a mistake, but I was able to learn from the mistake, I was able to reflect on that and it helped me to build up that trust within myself to say, you know what? I'm not crazy. I know I can make the right decisions. I know I can make decisions 
on my own. I know I can move forward in this life on my own and, uh, and really build something magnificent in this life. And that reflection, especially after spiritual abuse, really helped me to see that. It really helped me to understand how important it was for me to really be able to look back on a lot of those things. And so I always encourage folks, when you're walking out of a spiritually abusive system, man, start writing these things down, writing down your thoughts, writing down the things that you you face and the emotions that you're dealing with, the challenges that you're facing and the things that you're going through as you process and you walk out of these different type of environments. Because Let's be honest, the whole reason I started this channel in the first place was that when you walk out of these spiritually abusive environments, it's not easy. It's a lot of for a lot of folks, it's not easy to move on. There's a lot of things that have to be unpacked. There's a lot of things that have to be dealt with. There's a lot of healing that usually has to occur. And that reflection is so key in helping us to realize and recognize the decisions that we are making and the fact that those decisions that we're making are helping us to really go along the right path that God has for us. And so that's what I got for you this evening, man. I hope that this kind of helps in learning how to trust yourself. Somebody, like I mentioned earlier, they dropped a comment in the last one and they said, you know what, I'm in a spiritually abusive environment right now. I can see it. I can I can look at what the word of God is saying. I can look at what's being said and see that discrepancy in between them. But the thing that I chat that that I struggle with is that if I walk away, if I move away, can I trust myself in making the right decision to move away? Look, God tells us in his word, any of us that lack wisdom, just ask for it, right? Ask for wisdom. A lot of times in these environments, and I'm just speaking from my own experience and what I've experienced personally that happened to me and being on the flip side of being someone in leadership and some someone that was pastor trying to navigate through these different things. I, I know that a lot of times in these environments, you're not really encouraged to make your own decisions. You're not really encouraged to to learn how to rely on yourself, right? Because if you learn how to rely on yourself, then guess what? You start asking these questions. You start looking at things differently. You'd start light bulbs start going off these different things will start happening. And a lot of times in these environments, they don't want those questions to be asked. They don't want, they don't want people to have to learn how to rely on themselves. And they may say it, right? They may act like it, but let's be honest. A lot of times we want in those type of environments, the people in that organization to rely on leadership, to rely on this kind of appointed leadership from top down. And so, you know, Going out, like I was saying, you find yourself in that situation. You're like, I don't know if I could trust myself. Look, ask God for the right wisdom. Go through these things that we talked about, re recognizing that, look, these mistakes, they're okay. I got to remind myself of the things that I'm doing. I got to learn maybe how to forgive myself. I got to work on how to trust others and step, step past those different things. And I believe God can help us to really just make those right decisions and move forward. And so that's what I have for us this evening. Man, I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope it helped just in a little way. I know it ain't going to fix all the problems. It's not going to answer all the questions. And that's not really the whole point of it, because I've learned that this whole healing process is really just building over and over and over and over again. And we're just 
building and building until we find ourselves really just walking and learning how to walk in that healing. And so as I sign off this evening, I want to encourage you next month is going to be Mental Health Awareness Month. One of the things that I've recognized and that I've learned and that maybe I've seen is how when you walk out of spiritually abusive situations, how much this impacts our mental health, how much it impacts our mental health. Now, I make a disclaimer. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a doctor. I don't know any of those different things. All I know is what I've been studying and what I've been looking at. I'm a prior veteran. I've helped the VA deal with PTSD, different things like that. But one of the correlations that I started seeing, and this is what we're going to dive into next week, is the impact on our mental health after spiritual abuse. And there's some topics that I want to dive into as far as PTSD and spiritual abuse. I want to look at our anxiety and spiritual abuse. All right. Last year, I struggled with a lot of anxiety and not understanding and recognizing where it came from until I started digging really deep into it. I want to look at depression and spiritual abuse. Last year, again, was the first year I've ever really dealt with depression and dealt with understanding what that feels like and what being in that space feels like and beginning to start piecing together how my experience was linked to these things that I was feeling and the things that I was going through. And so those are a few of the things that we're going to try and talk about next month. And hopefully those things will help, like I said, help build some of the little building blocks that can really help us in our healing. But until next time, this has been Nick, Life Recreated Show. Do me a favor, keep learning, keep healing, and keep growing.